Hey gang. Hello. Welcome back to Pottery of Wellness. Finn and Lydia, your usual hosts. And today we are really excited to have Dr. Shivani Gupta. And Dr. Shivani uh, is a PhD um, uh, in, in, in Ayurvedic sciences and with a specialization, her, her dissertation was in turmeric. So I think, you know, we've talked enough about turmeric uh, from our own standpoints with our limited knowledge that having somebody like Shivani approach to say like, okay, I've got a PhD in turmeric. We're like, yes, yes. Where are you? Come talk to us. So thank you very much for coming on. That's really exciting to have you here. For sure. Thank you for having me. So I guess where we would love to start, because you have a heritage that is in India, right? And can you speak to us a little bit about like your origin story around turmeric? Like, did you grow up in India? Did you grow up around these spices? Like what, what was your like first kind of connection with that spice? Sure. So I am actually American. I was born in Houston, Texas to a first time immigrant family from India. And so what's interesting is when you when you're born in a family like this, like we maintain the Indian culture, I think, tighter than they do in India, because every year growing up, I'd go to India and I'd visit my cousins and my family and my grandparents. And I would notice the westernization of India. Like I've watched that over my 40 plus years of life. And um, growing up, whenever I got sick in Houston at home, my mom would not reach for the spice box. She'd run down to the drugstore and we'd pick up something and take it. Or we'd run to the pediatrician and she'd give an antibiotic script. But every time I was in India and I got sick, my grandma had an entirely different toolkit. We would use the spice box. We call it a masaldhani, like the main spice box of the Indian kitchen. She had a whole other cabinet of spices. And I always thought, wow, these are two different worlds. Like I, I grew up in so, so much dichotomy. And I always thought like, well, why and how? And so finally, by the time I reached college, I realized something is wrong with me. My immune system doesn't work. My body doesn't work. We were in India at the time, and there was this Dr. Gupta who I was seeing, and he's like, here's your prescription of 12 drugs. And I just looked at him like, no, we're not doing this again. This isn't working. And that's what set me on my journey. And I told my parents, we are in the land of yoga and Ayurveda. Let's go. Like, let's figure this out. And so we traveled all through India. My parents were very successful, but burnt out entrepreneurs by the time I was in my 20s. That so was perfect. So we went to every center and we detoxed and we healed. And when I learned about the spices, I was like, wow, so you guys have a garden and your garden is your entire treatment plan and way of healing people? This is epic. I need to go learn. And that's when I fell in love with it because it, it worked for me. And I thought the whole world needs to learn Ayurveda then because then we'd have a different world. Yeah, I think that... Food is medicine thing, which is the drum that we beat day in day out. That's our our motto since my parents started our store forty four years ago. Is it's still like no matter how much prominent spices like turmeric and stuff achieve, there is still this this hesitancy towards treating something that you could use on your breakfast cereal as something as powerful as medicine. It's like it's funny, isn't it? Like in, in India, have you seen like obviously? So your your mom had like transferred to that Western type of mindset. Have you seen that happening with your family back in India as well, or have they stayed strong with the with the the, the deep rooted kind of turmeric, etc., the spice kind of knowledge? You know, I think the colonization of India, British colonization, changed India, and so and Westernization of India, just like we see Westernization of the whole world. We have exported our McDonald's culture and Britney Spears culture and all these types of things, and I saw it growing up, and so now it's been beautiful because there's this whole resurgence. The whole flipping back. Now you go and everyone's like, I do yoga. I go to my Ayurvedic doctor. I go to my homeopathic doctor. 
I, I went to the hospital to get my diagnostics, but I'm learning how to manage myself. Every family I see is doing ginger lemon tea in the morning, using their Ayurvedic stuff. And then the pandemic really helped because I think everyone saw once and for all, oh, we have to take sovereignty over our innate health and be preventive. So there's definitely this turning back to ancient wisdom as true wisdom, as opposed to looking at modern day science, which modern day science and Western medicine is fantastic, but it's for acute solutions. It's not preventive. And so that's been beautiful to see. And have you seen, so in in the States, uh, like we hear a lot about the quality of food not being good in the States. We, most of our kind of like big global data markers around ill health come from American culture. Did you have difficulty when you started to look for high quality spices, organically produced, these sorts of things? Is that easy where you were? Or how, how, how did you find that? It is a full court press, full-time job to even begin to attempt to source food in a healthy way for my family. I can't even tell you the battle that I consider that. I have five stores I shop from. I wish I had more time to shop, shop more organic and local and fresh. I am searching for solutions and I'm extremely concerned that the food and water and air in my country is poisonous and devoid of nutrition. And we are basically shooting ourselves in the foot, assuming we're getting any level of nutrition. And someone the other day looked at my supplement tray and they were like, you take that? And I was like, do you think I want to? I'm deficient in 18 things because I'm not even getting it from my food. And I'm the most conscious person I know about what I eat and how I eat it and when I eat it. And even I'm running on deficiencies. What does that say about the food supply here? So I pray for all of us that we all can figure this out. My best solution is I would like to live in Italy. And I think that country has it right. Yeah. It's a fascinating thing, actually, because I was just in where I go to get my hair done because I don't use any chemicals. If I get my hair dyed or cut, I go to an organic hairdressers which is Italian and they make all their dyes from plants and it's applied with their hands because there's zero chemicals and their shampoos are made by themselves every element of the hairdressers from the start to finish is organic and natural and they also have a little cafe I took my son there and he was asking the guy behind the counter who was the son of the owners about all the different foods that we were eating and he has this tea like a herbal tea but it's all made from dried fruits and then after it's all garden in a cup afterwards you can eat the whole of the tea like it's just dried fruits and the guy was saying really exciting and he's only kind of mid-20s you know usually guys in their mid-20s are not that excited about talking about herbal tea or like organic fruits he was like do you know each fruit of hand harvested in Italy it's biodynamic farming everything is organic and you know you can feel it because you can't get this we import everything from Italy because you can't get this quality and he was so excited and so impassioned by that and I was saying you know that's such a it's such an Italian thing isn't it to take that ownership over the food and go like this is a matter of actual pride whereas then we transport that to say the U.S. And we have all these ideas that we're really advanced, that we're progressing, that we live in this culture that's really progressive. And yet the quality of our food, the quality of our air, the quality of the products that we put on our skin is going so far backwards. And then we have these ancient techniques. We have these ancient knowledge that's turmeric and cinnamon and curcumin or all these different things. And yet we're like, oh, that's kind of backwards. It'd be better to look at the forward stuff. And you're going, but the forward stuff isn't working. Like we're all less healthy now. What happened? Exactly. And so it's really nice to see that there's this revolution happening where people are finally seeing the truth 
which is what's being made for us is not actually made in our best interest. And so it's one of those things I'm very passionate about. And I, I want to like one day just be an activist who's like, guys, we have to change what we're doing or we're just causing all this chronic disease. And I, I just I plan to get louder and louder on this topic because and I've told my children, I lived in Italy in college and I've lived I've visited Italy so many times. I told my kids all mommy is working for is for us to live their part of, part of the year because that is when we will be healthiest because they actually take pride in how they grow everything. It's that or mommy has to buy a farm in America and do it herself, which is quite a new progress and project to do. Yes. So, yeah. So how did you go from you got to that point, you were in India, you were traveling around, you went to all the different maybe ashrams or different centers and, and kind of got healed by that and saw the power of that. But then how did you go from there to now going, OK, I'm actually going to make turmeric my life. And why did you choose turmeric as opposed to something else? The great question. So I fell in love with all of Ayurveda. And I was in business school at the time. And so I wrote this business plan to open an Ayurvedic spa in Houston. And I thought if I could just open the center, everyone on earth would be healed and we wouldn't have diabetes and all the diseases that my family has. I'm an eternal optimist who, who thinks everything will work out in my favor. And so I went on this journey. My parents were like, that's great that you want millions of dollars to open this beautiful center. You need to go work for it and get the experience. So I went on a journey and got experience and stuff. And eventually, when I was ready to have my children, I got very concerned about food quality and all these things more so than before. And I ended up signing up to do my master's in Ayurvedic sciences because I wanted to write a book on Ayurvedic pregnancy. That was the whole goal behind the master's was to formalize my study so I could teach this amazing science. And in my master's in herbology class, I just remember the teacher saying, oh, and so turmeric does all of this. Cumin does this. Cilantro does this. And we, we were doing both the modern science with the ancient wisdom and the applications. And I thought, guys, we could have saved me so much heartache. All I've done is go to India and watch people die of the advanced stages of diabetes and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and heart disease. And what is wrong with us? We're Indian and we're not using turmeric and it has this power. This is ridiculous. And so when I sat down with my advisor, he's like, you should do a PhD. And I was like, I, I don't know about that. That sounds serious. And he's like, well, topic would you pick? And I said, well, if turmeric can do all this, I really want to understand why and how and see, you know, what is what is it that we're not understanding about it that's preventing us from using it in the way we need to? And so my brain, when it's got an agenda in it, it chews on an idea. And so throughout my PhD, I was, I was trying to understand, like, why are we not using this if it does all this? It's good for heart disease, cancer, diabetes, like you name anything inflammatory, it's good for all of it. And so finally, at the end, my family said, if you're going to be such a crazy evangelist who says turmeric can do everything and fix the immune system and everything you keep saying, you should make your own. And so that's what set me on the journey of creating my supplement company, because I am such an evangelist of that spice. I think it can do 90% of what we want in life, but then we need to figure out how to take it in that potent, pure way to get the results. And so that's what set me on where I am now. I own the supplement company. And then I thought, wow, people are just taking turmeric like an NSAID. And so now I've gone around back and I teach people how to live the Ayurvedic lifestyle because I still think that you need both. Yes, supplementation is amazing. But if we don't heal the gut and live according to circadian rhythm and understand that we are part of nature, you're not winning. You're not going to absorb. You're not going to benefit from it. So, so to me, there's, there's such powerful wisdom in the ancient Ayurvedic lifestyle. And turmeric is a piece of that. That's 
my mom gave me a book when I was pregnant with my son called um, Armadai's Lotus Feet. And she got it when she was in India. So my mom travels to India, has done most years. We grew up in Nepal for part of my life. And then we also went to India a few times. So that kind of Ayurvedic lifestyle was there. I have Indian heritage back, you know, in a few generations, my granny, great granny. And, and so we always kind of had these spices. We grew up with food and the cooking. I'm interested. Obviously, I teach yoga. So, it, you know, there's the lineage there. But she knew I was really interested. And when she was traveling in India, she found this book. And it's like got this really hokey plastic covering over the top of it. But then this was beautiful illustration underneath. And it, all it is is practical applications of herbal uses during pregnancy and postpartum and beyond. And most of them are turmeric. And it's like... You know, you carry this little pouch of turmeric and you make this tea if your womb isn't shrinking back perfectly afterwards. You take this tea if you haven't got enough iron levels. You take this tea if you do this. If you've got a cut, you know, you've got a wound, you press the turmeric in there. And and there were so many more applications that even I knew of these beautiful... And, and also, like you're saying, it's not just about having the turmeric. It's about the rituals around those things and understanding, for example, that when you've had a baby massage every day for 40 days is really key to get the lymphatics and the circulation working and using a turmeric paste might accelerate that but it's also about knowing that there's taking the time to do those things and i think it seems like and I, like i'm fascinated by the idea that you did this phd in turmeric because i'm sure there's like unfound ways of using turmeric in traditional ways that i you know i don't yeah. know about that's more than like there are yeah, there are. There are a million ways. And it's it's so beautiful. I'm going to have to get that book name from you after because I wrote a book on Ayurvedic pregnancy when I was in my master's. The book was exploding out of me and I couldn't finish the master's without finishing the book. So I published that one. And then now I'm working on one on inflammation. And my goal is to really explain all my theories that are exploding now out of my brain on like mental inflammation and the stress we're carrying is causing inflammation. Then, of course, turmeric is one powerful spice to help us so is, you know, ginger. So is ashwagandha. There's so many methods to reducing inflammation. Um, and so thank you for sharing that because I, I love it when people can can feel into that magic potential that the herbs have. Like turmeric has a million ways it helps us. And the fact that it's so well received by the body really fascinates me. I'm part of a new study we're doing at um, Clemson. There's a professor there who's working with me and we're going to publish science on why is it with nutrigenomics and our genes, why is turmeric so well-received by so many of our genes? It's almost odd that it's more well-received than any other spice. And so we're on this exploration of, of why. And and if you just take a step back, it's just a gift from Mother Earth. You know, mm -hmm. if you just take that big step back, this is an ancient wisdom tool. This is a plant medicine gift to us. But we, uh, in the modern day times, want to know things in great detail. So we're going to study it, science and then prove what ancient wisdom already said, which was use it for all the things and you'll be fine. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's interesting. It's like curcuminoids are a bit like cannabinoids, right? They're, I mean, they're not in terms of molecular structure, not, but in terms of their like polypharmacy, like that they have this incredible ability to attach to lots of different cells, to like make their way around the body in ways we don't understand, to you know, to interact with our body in this beautiful regulatory manner that's like, you know, we know a lot of herbs and a lot of, you know, phytochemicals have like a stimulant property or a lot of them have a sedative property or inhibitory property or stimulant property. But those like curcumin, turmeric and a few other, I'm oh, sorry, a, a, a hemp, a cannabis or CBD or whatever, and a few other herbs have this amazing kind of like in-between regulate, like what you say, it's a gift from Mother Nature. It's just like 
If there's too much or too little, it'll set you right and put you in the middle. Shilajit's another really interesting one that I've been doing a lot more reading about lately, which has got kind of similar properties. I'm interested yeah. the, I can get giddy about the pharmacy part all day long, but what I'm interested maybe is a bit more, could you, could you describe, because a lot of the ways that we talk about absorbing turmeric now, it has to be with black pepper or da 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 da, like has to be with fats. Could you talk a little bit about the traditional methods of drinking or consuming turmeric? Because I know turmeric latte does come from a traditional lineage. The black yeah. pepper usage is a traditional lineage. Can you talk a little bit about that and how maybe if 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 you're aware of how those things do affect absorption or assimilation and, and how best people can use them in like in a home way, if that makes sense? Sure. So turmeric is a very powerful herb and spice. When you take turmeric in its raw form, we never really used it that way in ancient India or in India in general, in modern India. We we can slice it up like a radish and use it like a radish on foods, but that's not the same as using it in daily use for the benefits. The main way turmeric is used is it's used in our cooking. So any dish you make, usually any lentil, any vegetable, I can't actually even think of one where I've never used turmeric because turmeric's just good in everything. And the taste is not so strong to us that it makes any big difference. So turmeric goes in everything and our garam masala, our last spice we use in our cooking has black pepper in it. So it's so interesting that there's this intelligence to Indian cooking that has everything in it. I once had a naturopath and I said, hey, what is the best diet for my kids? She goes, you are Indian vegetarian. You are eating the best diet there is. And I do think that Indian food is so wonderful because we use these powerful spices innately in the recipes. We're going to use Cuban turmeric. We're going to use coriander powder, which is cilantro. These are natural things we're going to use. So with turmeric, black pepper is always used if it's cooked. And then there's this other remedy we have called haldi dud. Haldi means turmeric, dud means milk. And so this remedy or this elixir or this daily ritual, you could even call it, that people have done for many years is just turmeric in milk at night. The thing is where this kind of got bastardized is in modern day times, people use skim milk and almond milk. Like we use a lot of different non-fat solutions. It's not meant to be non-fat. It's meant to have the fat in it to increase the absorption. So if people are going to make a golden milk, then I would go at, the, at it that way. I do think that out of the turmeric plant, I still prefer that to get a significant therapeutic dose, we do use the supplement form if you're chasing after something inflammatory in the body. But it's also good to build that rhythm of using it. Now, what's interesting is I never found an apples to apple study comparing turmeric or curcumin with black pepper compared to healthy fat. And so I found that fascinating. I, no one has done it and I want to do it in this lifetime just to understand which one's better. Um, the easy way to go about it is just do both. And then you know you're absorbing or we know black pepper does the job. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think is it the black pepper thing, because I know there's been concerns over black pepper because it unlocks what the, the P450 enzyme pathways, which essentially opens the liver up to all manner of things. It's not just the turmeric. So I'm always like, I've always been on the fence about that or since I learned that at least in terms of like, you know, black pepper. Yes. But when we get into like piperine and concentrated extract, we're sort of moving away from the whole food nature and the historical use and our understanding that, you know, those P450 enzyme pathways are there as a gateway, right? So they're designed to prevent too much toxic uptake into the liver as well. I'm always interested to know, I suppose, what's the, where's the line? Like where's our, and I guess that's some of the things you're researching, right? Yeah, I am constantly researching because to me, turmeric is the thing that gives me the immune system I want. Like I use it as my guard, my fortress. I take two in the morning. I take two at night. I, I I take extra if anyone's fighting a cold. So to me, 
I play with my turmeric use constantly. Um, and I'm constantly experiencing through thousands of people their feedback of what's working, what's not working. Um, and so, yes, I think it's always so important that we care about figuring out what is best for all, um, but fully knowing that not every plan is going to work for everyone. Not every solution is going to work for everyone. Um, but yes, I'm I'm in a research mode at all times. Not only am I studying with the Clemson professor, because we, we want nutrigenomics and to understand, like our study right now is, is curcumin ginger black pepper better for Alzheimer's versus is curcumin something else? It, like we're we're playing with the combos right now per disease pathway, which to me is like the most exciting thing. Talk about R&D excitement. Like I have two sides to me. I have the nerdy researcher who just wants to know the truth. And then of course I can make products around it too, which is fun. And then I'm also wanting to embark on more double blind placebo controlled clinical trials that my um, MDDO crowd will respect. And so I'm pushing for those in knee osteoarthritis trials because knee osteoarthritis, it's easier to measure the result. And then there's a lot of other things, but we can measure with CRP and things like that. And eventually I would like to do DNA testing in the clinical trials because then we can understand at a much more granular level, who does better with curcumin and why? Like why? Is it that Indians do better? Is it that Indians plus others? Is it not? I'm very, very curious about these things. And then then we can better guide people as well. Uh, that's like the ultimate juice to hear somebody wanting to research. That is so exciting for us. This is something we talk about a lot amongst ourselves and sometimes on podcasts as well. This notion that like your genetics are rooted to medicine traditions and food traditions from the place you're from. And I know there's a guy, and um, God, what's his name again? Uh, Jack Cruz, Dr. Jack Cruz who is a, a really interesting uh, neuroscientist. And one of the things that his research has uncovered is that the food that grows at the latitude that you are in reacts to the angle of the sunlight that affects the mitochondrial uh, resonance. So the frequency that the mitochondria resonate at. And when your body consumes that, that resonant frequency is understood by your digestion and by your cells at the end stage. So if you say, I've got one simple beetroot out in the garden versus I've got like, I don't know, a pickle beetroot combination that was grown in somewhere else and mixed with vinegar and da 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 da. All of those different resonant frequencies are essentially distorting the pure energy frequency of the food. And we know food is energy. So like that element of like, okay, what, you know, what people from what culture are going to gain benefit from what herbs and what way. And I know, I mean, like people who are coming to our store all the time and people who we work with one-to-one -one as well, we have a lot of I mean, I've never seen somebody not benefit from Trevor. That's one of the interesting things, like ever, yeah. genuinely ever. Uh, it's one of the rare things because most, you know, most immunological things or inflammatory things, it can be a bit of a squirrely path. You know, you get hits and misses and da da da. But Trevor yeah. seems to have this consistent thing. But I, I, that just so fascinates me, right? I know it's so yeah. exciting, right. and I think, um, yeah, I, I'm interested to talk into a little bit to kind of take this out because people listening. Like we, we're obviously on the same page. We're like turmeric bands, use it all the time, talk about it. We believe in, it. We believe in the lineage. It's literally my work. So we're there. But there are going to be people listening who are like, sounds a bit hokey, not really sure how this is. Sure. I have lots of testimonials that I can share for people, my mother, for example, who've used it to great benefit in terms of inflammation conditions and huge, huge change in a short period of time. But I'm wondering, because I know that you... Your husband or someone is a surgeon, medic? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Um, and can you talk into 
you guys talk to each other? Does he use it with his patients? Do you have kind of testimonials that you can talk about for people who might be on the fence about whether it actually can do anything at a big level? Sure. So it's funny. I'm married into an all MD surgeon family in South Florida. And as I age, it gets more and more interesting because I'm doing more and more research. I'm studying more. I I, I want to become an even better practitioner of Ayurvedic medicine. So the deeper I go, the more I see the problems that exist in the Western medicine construct and system and complex. Um, but I, I love my husband and I love my in-laws. So I have to honor that th- these are their professions and they're rock stars at what they do. And if if I had an eye problem or a back problem, I would want them to be able to operate on me. I respect it. And yet I really believe that we are all causing the chronic diseases in our bodies and we shouldn't all stack them up in a horrible way until we run to the doctor and then get 10 prescriptions. Like there's this sovereignty ownership piece where I'm I'm ready to shout from the rooftops, like guys, the inflammation has to stop and you have to step in. And so it's, it's an interesting dichotomy. Um, what's interesting is I'm so used to Western MD doctors and the the fact that they studied in a structure and you have to figure out how to work in the structure they're in because they have a lot of liability, a lot of rules. They have standard of care under the governing bodies under which they operate. They under, operate under a system. And so when I created my supplement company eight years ago, I was like, okay, well, I want all of orthopedic medicine to stop giving NSAIDs and so many drugs and I want them to use turmeric. Well, you can't just do that and assume everyone's going to care or listen or it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And so my approach has been, and I've refined it, but my approach is I'm just giving you an adjunct tool to add to your existing toolkit. And I have proven through third-party testing and a lot of things that it works. And so, of course, I have a lot of anecdotal evidence because I now have hundreds of doctors who use it with their patients. Orthopedics, functional medicine, chiropractic, uh, primary care, naturopathic. So to me, I I get all this data like, yeah, my patients no longer take NSAIDs for their chronic joint pain, Shivani. They just take the turmeric and they're fine. And so each data point to me adds up to that data where each practitioner is now using the tool. So I see it all the time. And then I answer my 800 number for my company, which is fun. So I get to hear the calls and the patients will say, you know, I was, lo- I was losing my hand function. My chronic joint pain was preventing me from opening jars. And so I needed to keep my independence. And taking your product, I'm keeping my independence. Mm-hmm. Um, people say they can walk up the stairs again. Like they used to get to church and they had to take the elevator to get to study group. Now they can walk up the stairs. Mm-hmm. Some people said they can travel again. Like they were a single woman and they wanted to travel, but they couldn't walk or move enough to travel. Now they can travel. So to me, there's there's so much power there. Me personally, I have always caught every cold that walked by. This week, one kid had a cold, then the next one. And I was just watching like, guys, please. And I took turmeric and I was like, I have my defense system in place. I'm holding the faith that I as mama bear can stay healthy. So a lot of people say they travel and take turmeric now and they don't get sick. So to me, it has such great applications. And if a listener is like, that sounds crazy, that's not possible, please don't tell me there's one miracle plant that does everything. What I have to say is I agree with you because I heard all this about Moringa and was like, y'all are crazy. There's no way one plant can do all that. But the thing is, I'm happy to to share the science. You can go on PubMed and search curcumin benefits and you'll see it's anti-inflammatory, published in thousands of studies. It is an antioxidant powerhouse. So I don't take any other superfood. I just take my turmeric. And I've got the antioxidant benefits I need, although I, I eat a variety of plants, so I get it there too. It is an antiviral. It is antibacterial. It is antifungal. 
it is a vasodilator. So when we talk about nitric oxide and blood flow needing to get to parts of the body because it's not working as well, turmeric is the vasodilator. It's going to get where it needs to go. So, and it's a lot more than that. I, it's neoplastic. It does a lot of things. It's anti-cancer. So to me, I love that turmeric can do a lot and it's so well received by the body. And thus, I think we should all use it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the real, you, you are an evangelist. It's the truth. Can you speak to, um, and we agree, by the way, you know, again, you're preaching to the choir, but um, for, neuro, you said neuroplastic? Yeah. Neoplastic. So is that referring to neuroplasticity though, or? It's not. I had to ask my husband. I was like, what does this mean? He goes, it's anti-cancer. I was like, what a fancy way to say anti-cancer. It's, it's a lot of other things too, though. But yes, it, it helps with neuroinflammation because of course, any inflammation, it's going to drop that too. I mean, if you look in the science, I have to be careful, but yes, if you look in the science, you'll see heart disease, Alzheimer's, it stops amyloid plaques from forming in the brain. So many gastric issues, IBD, IBS, Crohn's, um, there's so much science. And now recently the British Medical Journal published a study, which was very exciting for turmeric fans like myself, but the British Medical Journal, BMJ, published that it's as effective as a PPI in the body. So all of GI can give less PPIs and give turmeric instead. It's just, it's proven in one of their most reputable journals. And so that's my life goal is how do we push for more of that science so that everyone can recognize it and nothing is perfect. So it, yes, it's stunningly awesome, but I want each practitioner to use it in their practice. And then everyone comes to understand which patient type is the best to receive and use this tool. And like you were mentioning earlier, it's adaptogenic. So when you were talking about why it, it regulates in the body, turmeric has adaptogenic properties. So if we're needing a lot, it's going to go where it needs to go. If we need just a little, it'll send it to those subtle areas. It has that ability to calibrate with the body. And that bit you were saying uh, earlier on about patient who gained her, you know, mobility back and, and ability to, to move around as well. That's true, like sustainability. And I think that's one of the things that we, we've talked about more and more because it's a, you know, it's something, it's very default for us. Uh, it doesn't feel like an added extra, but it's something that people are only really coming around to understanding now that this natural healthcare modality, Ayurveda, TCM, whatever modality you're in, all of them are like ultimately the most sustainable healthcare models because they give people back their quality of life. They take them off drugs. They facilitate, you know, healthier relationships, you know, more more capacity to do work, more capacity to earn, more like takes you off the health system, pressure, all these sorts of things. It's like all this trickle down stuff, um, which is for some reason, I guess, during the pandemic, one of the things that we became really aware of, acutely aware of is like, our governments don't really have an agenda to serve sustainability in terms of health. They're responding to other concerns, whatever's going on. I don't care, but put that aside for a second. It's like, what we know is that like, like you said, like the ultimate thing we're charged with is to look after number one, because that's where sustainability starts. And that's a beautiful thing that turmeric can help us with, right? Yes. And the thing is our own governments, our own lobbies, no one's got our best interests. Big, big companies out there. This is all a money-making machine. And if we took a step back and understood our health is our personal, like you said, destiny, it's our sovereignty. And so I like to show people like you that food is medicine, living according to your own self-care rhythm and circadian rhythm matters, and harnessing the power of natural remedies and plant solutions is your best bet for the body to receive it well, absorb it well, assimilate it well, utilize it. 
and built that plan of prevention. So I call it a pharmacy, F-A-R-M, pharmacy that we all keep in our kitchen cabinets. That's what my supplement cabinet is. That's what my essential oils are. I even keep walnuts in jars on my vitamin trays because walnuts are good for my brain. Brazil nuts are what I need for my selenium. Those are supplements, but in food form, in a potent form. They all matter. They all add up. But we have to figure out for ourselves what we're going to use. And like you said, turmeric is one of the most well-received ones that does so much. So to me, for those of us who don't want to take 25 supplements a day, and we might not have the time to do everything, I look at turmeric as my insurance policy. I'm at least covering myself. I've got my baseline covered. I'm reducing that systemic inflammation that I know life is going to cause me. We're all going to eat some inflammatory foods, have some stresses, different things, environmental toxins that cause those inflammatory responses by the body. And so why not use a plant that will just cool that down some and prevent that forest fire of inflammation from impacting us? And tell me, you were telling us um, off camera that you've been doing a lot of talking in different, you've been going to kind of health conferences and different stuff like that, where you're talking to like big medics big names in this industry, big names in the pharmaceutical industry. Are people really receptive to it? Or are you finding that you're being met with a lot of resistance? You know, I'm speaking at health conferences where pharma is not there. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I'll probably have to be a little bigger and and have more like guard. I don't know what I'll have to have to do that yet. But I spoke at a plastic surgery conference. That, that was great because it was my first time speaking in front of 100 doctors like that. And I was very worried that like, how would they receive it? But they received it very well. And then I'm speaking at A4M in Vegas in December. That's also open-minded, holistic doctor. So for now, I'm moving through those different events. This year, I got invited to speak at the International College of Surgeons. So I'm submitting for that one right now. And that'll be interesting because that'll again be every type of surgeon. Um, but you know, my I have one goal in life and that's to teach practitioners that curcumin has applications in so many of their patient types and can be used as a valid tool and they can trust it. Because in the supplement sector, we have a lot of lack of trust for good reason, based on how people go about making things. And so my intention is very pure. Can I prove that this works? And can I hold all my factors the same with independent testing with quality so they're comfortable using the tool in their toolkit? So, so it's going to be an interesting journey. I have to really grow at each moment that these things come along. Um, but it's my dream. It's my dream to share the world that we're so inflamed and we need to work on it and share with practitioners because we go to our practitioner with trust. When I go to the doctor and I'm like, hey, I have this issue, I'm going to an expert to help me. And so how powerful would it be if all of our experts had new toolkits from Ayurveda? That would be a whole different world. That's, that's what I'm excited about. You said it. Like, absolutely, the toolkit is the problem, right? The tool, if the toolkit is narrow, then the, you know, the applications are going to be less helpful. If the toolkit is broad and it's like Ayurveda, where you understand it's a science of life, not just a science of NSAIDs, then that changes things. So exactly. Can you tell us a little bit, because you were saying, obviously, you produce turmeric products. What, what are the products that you produce and their applications currently? So currently, I've made two formulas to help with inflammation. One is my turmeric gold and one is my inflammation relief. I made the turmeric gold as a daily preventive because a lot of us need a daily preventive support. And then I made inflammation relief really after what Ayurveda would have given someone for inflammation. So we would have given turmeric, guduchi, baswilia, dried ginger, amla, all these things in a symphony of herbs to produce that result. 
Because in Ayurveda, we know that the primary herb is going to do the main job. Secondary herb will support. Third herb helps it go where it needs to go in the body. Fourth herb is there to support. Fifth will reduce the negative effect of even putting something so potent into the body. So there's so much intelligence to the ancient wisdoms. And I wanted to make sure I'm always honoring that. Um, so inflammation relief and turmeric gold were my first creations. And that's the combination that all my doctors use when the patients are in pain. And then from there, I thought, you know what? If you're inflamed and you don't sleep well, you're never going to clear the inflammation. So I designed an Ayurvedic tea as well. So it's Brahmi, Ashwagandha, Osmanthus, cardamom, like all the yummy things from Ayurveda in whole tea form, whole loose tea, because that's the magic. It's giving them the real plant as is. And I always play. So my goal was to understand, can I deliver a result in a tea? Ayurveda always said we could. So I designed this tea and it's very effective to put you to sleep. It's not going to keep you asleep all night, but it's going to relax mind and digestive system for sleep. And then I made another sleep formula that's a tincture. And so that keeps them asleep. And then after that, I just play with different teas and herbs. I made one tea for menopause that's very effective for the hot flashes and night sweats. And again, that's it's pretty simplistic in my mind. It's adaptogenic. It's three types of Thulsi, Shatavati, queen of herbs. Shatavari is the queen of herbs for re female and male reproductive organs. Um, and it's so effective because it's got cooling adaptogenic properties. And so even those of us who aren't in menopause, we feel more balanced because we're getting that adaptogenic support. So to me, you know, we are turmeric first. That's what I do. That's what I love. And then the rest of it, I get to, to play with my lab of herbs and spices to create the result I want for people, but constantly playing between that world of, yes, supplement delivers a result, and can we get there with tea as well? Mm. Cool. Oh, my God. Great formula. Like, I didn't really, you could have another whole conversation around Gudici and Neem and Shadbari and oh, yes. like our favorite, right? You still see yeah. a lot. Wow. And ashwagandha, I would do my whole next PhD on ashwagandha if I had time. I probably will make that time in this life. But ashwagandha is a powerhouse. Like, wow. It, it, talk about right after turmeric, powerful impact in the body. So these herbs get me really excited. Yeah, nice and great to protect from that awful toxic environment we're living in. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it, we, we will see the resurgence. I think, yeah. you know, I have faith that we're all going to slowly start to build bee-friendly gardens. We're all going to start growing our herbs in the back. Maybe not all, but most. I have a black thumb, so I have to regulate what I say there. And then have gardens, like beautiful gardens where our food is organic and controlled by us. Because without it, we're just not going to get to have the health we want. We have to band together and find a way. Boom. That is a message to end up. I love it. Band together, find a way. Let's go. Uh, okay, listen, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a really like, enlightening podcast, and it's great to be able to dive deep into the world of turmeric with somebody who really knows about it. Uh, it's been a joy. Thank you, Dr. Shadani. So uh, if people are really excited by your products and if they're like, okay, I'm sold, that's it, Shivani's got me, I want all the goodness of the turmeric, where can they come to buy your product? Sure. So my website is fusionaryformulas.com. And we made a special code for you, Wandering Into Wellness, which will give them 15% off. So it's F-U-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y formulas.com. Well, thank you so much. We'll put that link just down below. In the bio. Brilliant. Uh, and just to say thank you very much for watching or listening. And those of you who are, if you're on Spotify or the podcast app, post your comments and reviews, please, on YouTube likewise. And um, we'd love to hear from you guys. And we'd love to hear, you know, your comments and questions for us as well. And we'll follow as much as we can to, to Dr. Shibani as well. Uh, and also thank you to our sponsors, the lovely Clear Like Saunas, our 
infrared sauna partners who, uh, it's great to have an infrared sauna partner, by the way, everyone needs one. Um, but they are facilitating those of us in, you know, particularly uh, those who don't have so much sunlight at this time of year, where it's not so easy to get to see like those dawn rays, full infrared uh, spectrum that give you the regulation of energy levels, the regulation of circadian rhythms, regulation of inflammation, a lot of similar things to what turmeric does actually, interestingly. Uh, but light is also medicine uh, as is food. And also, finally, thank you very much to ourselves for designing our own, our own, uh, there we go, our, our organic um, cotton clothing collection. So if you want to come and grab a piece of that, there's very, very limited stocks left. It's at thewanderingintowellnessproject.com. Uh, it helps us to do all the things we're doing here, like having these great conversations with Dr. Shabani. So thanks again, and we'll chat to you very soon. Thank you. Bye.